Welcome to Cookbook Club. We are home cooks from Portland, Oregon. I'm Sarah Gray. And I'm Renee Wilkinson. Every other episode of Cookbook Club will be focused not on a cookbook, but a cooking topic. Join us today as we fall down the rabbit hole of salad. Ah, salad. Rabbit food. It's that time of year where people are really, really interested in salads after like heavy holiday (laughs) cooking, the dreariness of winter. Totally. Are you a big salad eater? I am not a big green leaf lettuce salad eater. And you will never find me at a restaurant ordering a salad as my main dish. So that begs the question, what is salad really? I feel like salad could be a lot of different things. I'm not like a huge fan of just green lettuce leaves with dressing on top of it yeah I think salad could just be any combination of raw fruit and veggies I feel like sometimes generally raw generally cold right but not always not always but I think typically very focused on the vegetables yeah I do like a grain salad every once in a while which is kind of cool just to kind of get a little bit of punchy meaty protein in there Mm -hmm. are you a big salad person yeah I'm a fairly big salad eater I just like salad as a way to like get more veggies in my diet and there's so many delicious ones I feel like the possibilities are basically endless that's what makes this topic for the podcast a little bit tough because we have to kind of narrow it down right because really you could do anything but I like that in this combination between the two of us we have one person who is super pro salad and one person who is like not a self-described salad person right and so I think the recipes we're going to talk about are going to be a good balance of things and also the focus is on new ideas for salads right for sure. So I do eat a fair amount of salad and I have some salad strategies. Really? (laughs) Which is like the dorkiest thing I've ever said. I want to hear about this. (laughs) Okay, so I have a couple of strategies. My first strategy is I really love a salad bar, like a restaurant salad bar. Uh Uh-huh. And that kind of like makes me excited to eat salad. Okay. So if I have like so many options, like, oh, I could put like beans on it or I could put whatever. Sometimes I will just make a salad bar in my refrigerator. Okay. So like you could get kind of enough stuff for maybe three days. Mm-hmm. for your week and like get some beans or some anything you would find on a restaurant salad bar or not you know like you could get some olives or some different kinds of greens you could get a couple of different kinds of salad dressings which you could either buy or make and then it's really easy to just assemble it if you're like a busy work from homer you can take five minutes to assemble a salad and then have like a nice green lunch that's mm-hmm. like high in fiber and gonna like get you through the day make your own salad bar is one of my uh, strategies and my other strategy is a dressing strategy which is to have a dressing that you like a lot, that everyone in your house likes a lot, or at least everyone who's going to eat salad. I have one child who's not a salad eater. Consider that your house dressing. Like a restaurant has a house dressing. Yeah. Always keep on hand the things you need to make it, and then you can make it at any time at the drop of a hat. And the more you make it, the easier it'll be to make it. You won't even have to like think about it anymore. Okay. So just have a house dressing that you could always just make. So do you have a house dressing? I do have a house dressing. My house dressing is a creamy dressing. Okay. It's a labna base, uh-huh. which labna is the most dreamy, creamy situation ever. And then you just put some labna, you add some crushed garlic, some lemon juice, and some salt and pepper. Okay. There's a recipe when we talked about the flavor equation by Nick Sharma. Uh It's a Brussels sprout slaw and it has a creme fraiche dressing that's very similar. It's like you've got the lemon and the salt and the garlic mixed into some creme fraiche. I prefer the taste of the labna. So that's my house dressing. It's like a labna, garlic, lemon juice, salt. So if I just stock lemons and labna, then I'm good. I can always make that. 
Do you add like water or oil to it to thin it out? Generally, no. Oh, okay. The lemon juice thins it out. Okay. Yeah. It's fairly thick. You can put like a tiny bit of water if you want it to be much thinner. Uh Uh-huh. But when it comes to a creamy dressing, I do like it to be like a little on the thick side. That's a good strategy. I like that. My strategy, I guess, with salads, which I didn't realize I had one until you started talking about salad strategy, (laughs) is what I don't like about salads, making them at home, is that it's another thing for me to make and assemble at dinner time. Yes. So my salad strategy is to try to make a recipe that I am excited about, just put it in a big Tupperware thing in the refrigerator, and then my partner and I are the ones who are the biggest salad eaters in our family. Right. And that way we can just pull it out as a, a really nice way to round out the meal for us. Yeah, that's great. And like great. the kids could try a little bit if they want, but there's like nothing at stake. Like right. if they don't like it, I didn't just waste like for them. Right, 30 yeah. minutes making it for them. Sure. That's a great point. I like that salad strategy. Things you talk about when you're in your 40s. Salad uh. strategies. <laughs> <laughs> that's the season of life, folks. I know. Um, I'm not technically 40 yet, but all my friends are. So I really just pulled myself right up there. That's funny. I mean, it, it is later this year. Yeah, we I mean, we're organized folks who are busy. And I have a feeling <laughs> exactly. that uh, the folks listening fit that same criteria. I think you are correct. So what are some salad recipes that are kind of your go-to? So not necessarily dressings, which we'll get to later in the show, but like really good salad recipes. Yeah. Okay. I've got a few favorites. The one that I think has had the most sort of like staying power in my house is this recipe. It's from the book Naturally Nourished by Sarah Britton. Mm -hmm. It's called the Craveable Creamy Brussels Sprout Slaw with Apple and Toasted Almonds. It's a Brussels sprout slaw. Uh So you have to shred the Brussels sprouts. Or you can buy them shredded. You could buy them shredded. I don't prefer them that way because they get like hunks in them. In the ones that you buy? When you store buy them. I see. I think you can get like a much finer cut on them if you do it yourself. Do you do that in the food processor? No. I do it by hand with a knife. Okay. Um, That is tedious. Kind of, but I don't know. It's sort of like meditative. I I really like chopping vegetables. Like I find it really satisfying. I find it difficult to get Brussels sprouts so like paper thin though when I do it by hand. I use my mandolin. Oh, yeah. I'm too scared of my mandolin. (laughs) I think you can use a food processor to make it go faster. It has that like shaving attachment. I think you're right. But I haven't done that yet. Yeah. So it's a Brussels sprout slot. What I love about a Brussels sprout or a kale or a cabbage is that those will keep. Yeah. Salad is tough on storage. You really don't want to dress it until the last second Mm -hmm. because it gets soggy. But those three things will really hold up. Like you can still eat them the next day. They're not as good. Like the the dressing will soak in. Like I think it's helpful to redress them. But I love that it's a Brussels sprout base because it's just heartier. What is the rest of the flavor like in that salad? Does it? Have, what is the dressing? Yeah, so the dressing is really good. It's a maple mustard vinaigrette. Okay. Basically, you layer on some toasted almonds mm-hmm. and some apple bits. Like you cut up an apple really small into like little, you know, a dice basically. And so that is like a really nice, like you've got the crunch of the almond, the sweet of the apple, Mm -hmm. and it also has fresh herbs in it, which I think fresh herbs is a real salad strategy. Mm -hmm. Adding fresh herbs is just always going to give you like a nice punch of fresh flavor. But this vinaigrette, it's a maple syrup, Dijon mustard, olive oil, uh, apple cider vinegar, and then you add yogurt to it optionally to make it creamy. Oh, okay. And the yogurt really does make it creamy. It's so good. Like, it's really tasty. My eight-year-old will, like, eat a whole plate of it. That sounds really good. It's a real winner. And the maple and the apple, like, make it a little bit sweet. Mm -hmm. But then you've got the Brussels sprout has that sort of, like, bitterness. Mm -hmm. I think it's a really, like, great 
flavor profile. I made a Brussels sprout salad. Can I tell you about it? Please do. <laughs> Since we're on the topic, I made um, Melissa Clark's recipe for Brussels sprout Caesar salad Ooh. from the New York Times. Yum. It sounded really interesting because, you know, I love a Caesar salad, which is funny. I only started loving Caesar salad when I was pregnant with, I think, my second child. And like all I wanted to eat was Caesar salad. Like I was never a big Caesar salad person before that, but it stayed with me. And I still Pregnancy love cravings are weird. Love it a stayed Caesar. with you. It stayed with me. I think because of that combination of like typically, yeah. you know, anchovy lemon garlic it's just like punchy yeah yeah so i'm hooked and i can't get off that caesar salad kick Uh, my last big pregnancy craving was turkey sandwiches like deli sandwiches and i don't like deli meat and i ate them all through my pregnancy and my husband was so thrilled because he loves sandwiches Uh and i would like call and i'd be like i'm heading home from work can i stop and get you a sandwich and he's like yes and i would like you know i mean i know like deli meat is like the thing you're not supposed to eat when you're pregnant but guess what it was like the thing i craved so i ate it all the time yeah i don't believe it i don't believe i mean talk to emily oster about it right like you're more likely to get listeria from cantaloupe or something the day Nathan was born, Eric was like, so can I go get some sandwiches? And I was like, ew, gross. Don't ever talk to me about sandwiches again. <laughs> like, It was a short run. Oh, mm-hmm. man. It's funny. Each I have three kids and like each pregnancy, I craved something totally different. With Juniper, I just wanted to eat grapefruits for some reason. With Weird. River, it was Caesar salad. Yeah. And then with Fox, my third kid, I was so sick. Yeah. All this is totally embarrassing. So I should just tell everybody, yes, right? In the universe. Uh huh. The only thing I felt like eating were bean and cheese burritos from Taco Bell. Yeah. yeah. Like gross. Right. It was like mild and salty and I warm. I can see why that would be like the perfect pregnancy food. <laughs> You're a little so nauseous. Gross. Yeah. And by gross, I mean also awesome. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm saying gross, but I yeah, mean yeah. it was good. Yeah. I don't have any regrets. I put like so much of their like hot sauce in it too. And oh, like yeah. it was the only thing that I could eat. I actually lost weight in my first trimester with him because I was so sick That's and crazy. didn't want to eat. Yeah. Um, haven't had them since, but I bet if I had one, I would still think it was probably pretty good. Yeah, probably. I mean, that's a pretty great flavor combination. <laughs> Let's be real. Back to salad land. Back to salad land. So this recipe <laughs> by uh, Melissa Clark calls for two pounds of Brussels sprouts, which is a lot. So yeah. that's one thing that I like about this is like wh- like what you were saying earlier about those more kind of like brassica type vegetables, yeah. like the kale and the Brussels sprouts that and cabbage that just stays longer in the fridge. It doesn't like wilt and get gross and gooey. Right. This recipe is a good one to make once and then eat off of it in the fridge for like multiple days. Awesome. What's kind of unique about it and had me very skeptical when I was making the recipe is that you actually roast three quarters of the Brussels sprouts in the oven. That's interesting. And then you keep like of the two pounds of Brussels sprouts, you keep three quarters of a pound to shave really thinly. Okay. And so like bulk wise, it seems like it's mostly raw Brussels sprouts, but it's not. You have these like halved perfectly roasted Brussels sprouts in there. So like as you're eating it, you're getting like soft and Crunchy. And they're sweeter once they're roasted. Yes, totally, because of the caramelization. Yeah, yummy. And then you make a really simple... I even, like, followed her... I couldn't believe I had this much organization, you guys. I even followed, like, her recipe for the croutons in it, where you get, like... Wow. You have a leftover baguette, and you tear it into pieces and, like, roast it in the oven. Like, after you have the salad with that, you will never want to put, like, store-bought croutons on it. Yeah. Like, the homemade ones were just, like, dead simple. Rip it with your hands, toss it with olive oil, and bake it in the oven at the same time that the Brussels sprouts are roasting. Brilliant. Because Melissa Clark knows how to, like, layer the steps. Because she's a mom. 
And she's just very That's why. thoughtful and organized. <laughs> she's great. It calls for a half a cup of Pecorino Romano, Ooh. which is like a lot. Like when you make the dressing, it really was like a sauce more than a dressing. It was so thick. Okay. But, you know, you just work that into the raw Brussels sprouts, the yeah. raw shaved Brussels sprouts, and then you toss in the, and it has like lemon juice and garlic, I should say. Yeah. And then you toss in after you've like coated the raw Brussels sprouts, then you toss in like the roasted ones. Okay. And then you top it with the croutons. And it was like so satisfying. Yeah. So satisfying, I think, from like September through June. Yeah, I want to make that. It was really good. That sounds so good. Highly recommend. I do also like a Caesar salad. Um, I made recently from Ama, which we're going to be talking about next time on the podcast, the Tex-Mex Caesar salad. Oh, how was that? It was pretty good. The dressing is like really complicated. Like it has like spices and anchovies and oil. And, you know, it's got like a lot of it has like um, cut up garlic. There's all kinds of stuff in it, but it was really good. Okay. So it's got like those kind of Caesar flavors with like the anchovy and the garlic. But then it sort of had this like Tex-Mex thing. And there's also croutons on that one, too. Oh, okay. I feel like croutons are kind of classic with the Caesar. Croutons are so good, too. Yeah. I mean, just love yeah. letter to toasted right. bread with and oil. And they're not hard. No. I hadn't ever made my own croutons before. My kids were thrilled. And it's such a great use of leftover bread. Totally. My kids don't like eating the heels of a loaf of bread, yeah. which use is so heels annoying. to make croutons. Yeah, so yeah. it's a great use for that. Totally. I love being thrifty and practical and not wasting food. Yeah, yeah. Hit me with another great salad. Another one that's on my list to try is the chopped salad with apples, walnuts, and bitter lettuces. That's a recipe by Martha Rose Shulman from the New York Times. What looks really delicious to me about it is that it's almost like a spin on a Waldorf salad. Yeah, with the walnuts and the apples. Yeah, so it has walnuts and apples, and it also has blue cheese, which I'm super excited about. And then it also has a little mix of fresh herbs in there also. And then the focus is on using bitter lettuces like radicchio, which I think is like great in the wintertime because that's a food that's like readily available. Yummy. That sounds really good. What about you? What else do you Um, have? Here's a salad that I really like. It's sort of a go-to lunch salad for me, and it's not a lettuce salad. Okay. Um, It's a lentil and tomato salad with mustard vinaigrette, and it's from that Gwyneth Paltrow book, It's All Good, which is the one that she wrote with Julia Tertian. Okay. As someone who loves Julia Tertian's recipes, like I see her sort yeah. of like an artist, like you can see their like their yeah. hand and yeah, things. Exactly. Yeah. I love that it's lentil based because lentils are super high in both fiber and protein. So it's like a filling salad that's not, you know, you're not gonna be hungry like 20 minutes later. Okay. Um, so you just cook the lentils, I think with a bay leaf, and then you drain them and you add some red onion, some cherry tomatoes and some herbs. Mm-hmm. And then you make this very simple mustard vinaigrette, which has two mustards in it. It has a seeded and a Dijon mustard in it. White wine vinegar, olive oil, lemon juice. Mm-hmm. It's like very punchy and mustardy. Okay. Which works really well with that red onion in there. Because uh-huh. the lentils, you know, they're like a little... Neutral? Neutral. Yeah, exactly. So you really need to like punch it up. And I think it's really delicious. I actually just made it yesterday and I didn't have any cherry tomatoes. And the cherry tomatoes really do add some nice color to it. But like I had um, I had made for dinner a bag of frozen broccoli and a bag of frozen cauliflower. Uh-huh. And I had not seasoned them. Like I seasoned them on our plates. Uh-huh. So I just had a bunch left over in a pot. It was just frozen broccoli and cauliflower that was steamed. So it was like could not be more boring. Mm-hmm. And I just like chopped that up and threw it in with the lentils and the mustard vinaigrette. And it was awesome. That's great. So you could just like kind of throw whatever in there because the mustard vinaigrette is like punchy enough. And especially with those little bits of the red onion, Mm -hmm. it's a good way to just like get a big 
serving of veggies. I love a fridge clean out salad, like where you have a really good base, like that lentil salad. And then you basically open the fridge and any like leftover cooked veggies you have, you just pull out and dump it in in there. Yeah. Yeah. That's also a great way to be thrifty and not waste food. Exactly. We'll be back in a minute after this quick break. Dropcloth Samplers is a line of hand-drawn embroidery samplers, printed and ready for you to jump in and start stitching right away. Each pattern is hand-drawn by Rebecca Rinquist in her Portland, Oregon studio, and printed for you to embroider with your own color and thread choices, like coloring book pages, but for embroidery. And with Rebecca's custom classes on Creative Bug, she's with you every step of the way. You can find Dropcloth Samplers on Instagram at Dropcloth or online at dropclothsamplers.com. So another one, again, I'm sorry that I keep bringing up the New York Times, you guys, but it's a Hetty McKinnon recipe. Oh, I love her. Yeah, she wrote Family, the cookbook, which is a really fun one to cook from. She has a recipe that's called the sesame, cucumber, and avocado salad. Oh, yum. It was a dreamy salad. Yeah. I loved that one. It was, you know, had slightly like Asian-y influenced Mm -hmm. flavors because of the sesame in it. It was very fast to make. Okay. In part because I used my mandolin for the cucumber. Yeah. It's just like, like it takes, you know, a minute. Right. Watch your fingers, but it still (laughs) takes very little time to get the cucumber sliced super, super thin. And then the avocado combination, like it was a very, it was all green. Yeah. So it was like a kind of a beautiful salad too. And then I think it keeps in the fridge really well because even if the cucumber starts to get a little bit soft, like the avocado, if it's breaking down, it almost like makes it more of like a creamy dressing. Sure, yeah. You know, so that was a really delicious one. In the recipe on the New York Times, I think she mentions that you could have it with like an egg if you wanted to make it into more of a complete meal. Cucumber and avocado is like such a smooth combination that's delicate that I think if you add a meat in there, it's just going to like muddy the waters. Right. That reminds me of another salad strategy. Oh, yeah. Which is you can always put like a protein on top of it. Yes. And the other thing you can do is you can also always put like a bed of lettuce underneath it. Or add so, like nuts to it if you sure. have like a bunch yeah. of cashews or something. Right, that would probably right. be good. I love a pistachio on top of a salad. Man, Speaking of a pistachio on top of a salad, there's a great salad. It's a carrot salad from the Smitten Kitchen Everyday book. Uh-huh. Um, it's called Carrot Salad with Tahini Crisp Chickpeas and Salted Pistachios. Yum. So it's a tahini dressing with garlic and lemon. You like crisp up the chickpeas in the oven and they're like almost like a crouton. Uh-huh. And then the pistachios are so good. Like pistachios with tahini with the sweetness of the carrot. It's really yummy. I mean, since you mentioned carrot salad, if people haven't listened to the Japanese cookbook for beginners oh, episode, yeah. I made that carrot tuna salad after we recorded that episode. Really like good. I went home like that day, you guys, and <laughs> yeah. made it. And I ate the whole thing myself. It was, it was so good. Dreamy. Yeah. You should totally I do make love that. that salad. There's two recipes in the book Vietnamese Food Any Day by Andrea Wen. Uh-huh. One is for shaking tofu and one is for shaking beef. Okay. And they both have like a salad base. Okay. And then you make the do- the tofu or the beef on top. So it is kind of like a salad meal with the protein on top. So you could just make the whole recipe. But the salad component specifically is really, really good. And I really like her strategy. So you basically make the dressing, which is really simple. It's like vinegar and sugar Uh uh-huh and you put it in a bowl like in your salad bowl at the bottom and then you put like the onions and the cherry tomatoes and maybe some herbs just like on top of that and then you put your lettuce on top of that and you don't stir it 
okay. until you are ready to put it on your plate. Nice. So you can make that at the beginning of your dinner prep, set it aside, and then you come back to it and it's like freshly dressed. Awesome. Because you can toss it that way. So I love that strategy too. Just put the dressing on the bottom of the bowl. I think Julia Tertian uses that strategy as well. There's a recipe she has in Now and Again, which is a romaine and celery salad with like a buttermilk ranch, like a homemade buttermilk ranch. And you make the buttermilk ranch in the salad bowl. Then you put the celery in it. Mm -hmm. Then you put the romaine on top and you don't toss it until you're ready. Okay. So I do like that strategy, too. People use that with like salads that they're taking to work in mason yeah, jars too, yeah. where you put the just put the dressing on the bottom. It, you're one of those people who has the bandwidth to like make your lunches on Sunday for the week, and you just have like five mason jars yeah. with like the dressing on the bottom and then the vegetables layered. Smart. That's a good way and to just do put it. The heartier ones at the bottom because they can yes. suck up a little bit of dressing and mm-hmm. not get gross. Mm-hmm. Since we were talking about Andrea when I wanted to give a shout out to the Vietnamese noodle salad bowl. When you think about salad, like, again, to us, it's generally cold. It's yeah. generally has a lot of vegetables in it. Yeah. That recipe does have some chicken that you make and add to it, yeah. uh, like a skewers. But the bowl on its own is just beautiful and delicious and very so nice. easy to put together. My kids love eating that. It's another one of those things where it's very versatile and kid friendly. The other salad I just wanted to mention is taco salad which we have like on a regular basis at our house yeah and that can be just any combination of tomato avocado corn olives and then um cheese lettuce if you want you could put protein in there too if you want whether that's like ground meat that you've already cooked or leftover chicken or whatever it doesn't really have like a dressing even yeah. I mean you can use salsa as your dressing or like you know just put on some sour cream and guac yeah. and call it a day easy yeah do you remember taco salad like in the 80s when you would get it at a restaurant and they would yes. have that big fried bowl. tortilla thing that was like fried into the shape of yeah. a bowl I remember my mom always ordering the taco salad yeah I That's think that so there's funny. still a lot of restaurants that serve them those yeah. are not taco salads that I like yeah it's always like crappy iceberg lettuce <laughs> yeah you know okay Renee I think that almost all of the salads we've already mentioned have a dressing that would be awesome on other things. That's probably true. So I think one of my strategies is to consider a salad I like with a dressing I like and then make the dressing and put it on something totally different. Maybe not totally different, but like do a different combination Mm -hmm. of things. That said, what other do you have other salad dressings that are go to's? Yeah, I have a lot, actually. One book um, in particular that I think is great to go to for salad dressing inspiration is Grains for Every Season by Joshua McFadden. So this is a follow up to six seasons It actually even the spine of the book looks really similar, like it's done in the same vein. What is interesting about this book, it's kind of like a sneaky section in it, like you don't get to the dressing area until you're at the very back of the book. And he has a picture in here that's a spread of like all of the sauces, which includes dressings. That's great. And to me, this looks like a chef's refrigerator, right? Like he has 20 different plastic circular containers with labels on them of what the sauce is and the date that it was made, which seems really smart to me. So smart. So I would like to lean into this method of organization and try to do something on a smaller scale in my refrigerator at home. 
So some of his recipes for uh, dressings that I really love is his cilantro raisin vinaigrette, which he has in six seasons also. And it's like he'll do either the same recipe in here just to get it on your radar as like kind of like a bonus extra, which is probably why it's at the back of the book or like a reinvention of that. Like he has a version of the kale salad that started it all here, but it's like with a slightly different spin on it to make it more of a complete meal if you want to add it to pasta or whatever. That's great. Um, So if you have this book or you want to check it out from the library, take a look at that section at the back because I think there are some very helpful recipes and sauces back there that you can use towards the strategy that you're talking about. There is also a great salad dressing section in Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat by Samin Nasrat. Yeah, that's a hardworking section. It's a really great section. She's got an incredible blue cheese dressing in there that I really like. One of the opinions that I have about salad dressing is that they shouldn't have mayonnaise in them just because I don't like store-bought mayonnaise and I don't want to make my own mayonnaise to make a salad dressing. That's interesting. You don't like any store-bought mayonnaise? No. It's not even a a brand loyalty? No. I just don't like it. Isn't mayonnaise really just like olive oil and egg though um, like, does it taste that different when you make it It tastes really different when i make okay. it most commercial mayonnaise does not have olive oil in it it usually has canola oil in i see it. we buy the like avocado oil mayonnaise which i really don't like okay <laughs> so i don't know what it is about commercial mayonnaise but like just does not do it for me The only mayonnaise I really will eat is if I make it myself, and it's a lot of work. I think I've actually said this before on the podcast. There's a blue cheese dressing in Julia Tertian's Now and Again Mm -hmm. for a wedge salad that has mayonnaise as like a building block. And I get that that works for a lot of people, but it doesn't work for me. And so that's why I really like the Semino Surat blue cheese, which has cream in it instead of mayonnaise. Okay. Because it doesn't have that like flavor that I don't like. That makes sense. Well, that blue cheese is really good. It's very... um, like decadent. Yeah, it sounds good. I remember you talking about that yeah. and it sounded fabulous. I have a couple more dressings that you might like then because they are not mayo based. Okay. One of them is a miso ginger dressing. Yummy. And that is by Martha Rose Schulman from the New York Times. Okay. So that one is like a really easy one that comes together and it's using miso, which to me is like a superpower ingredient because yeah. it's already going to have so much flavor and umami yeah. in it. Um, You add some seasoned rice vinegar. It has ginger, garlic, a little bit of sesame oil. so fresh. Yeah, you finish it with a couple tablespoons of yogurt, which will make it creamy. I don't know that you have to do that. Yeah. But I think that's a really good winning combination. Yeah. And then another one that I just recently made is by Eric Kim, who wrote... Korean American, right? Right. And that was a great cookbook. I hope we get to talk about that on the podcast at some point. Yeah. He has a recipe called Crunchy Greens with Carrot Ginger Dressing. So this is from the New York Times. Eric Kim's a great writer. This is not my favorite salad recipe because it's over a bunch of just like lettuce with some mint. Okay. Which is fine. Yeah. But the dressing is great. So if you're like me and you're just like really not wild about just lettuce salads, like don't skip over this recipe. Use it just for the dressing recipe because the dressing is a combination of carrot a whole carrot with um, some fresh ginger, which okay. is really punchy. I love carrot and ginger together. Yes. And it makes it like so vibrant. And I think this is what we all need at this time of year. We need something that's like vibrant. Right. Tastes very bright and delicious. It has some olive oil, rice vinegar, soy sauce, mm. a little bit of sugar, a little bit of onion powder, which I thought was a little interesting. Yeah. I think just because he doesn't want you to have the bite of like raw onion in yeah. there. But I just mixed it up in my little like mini food prep food processor. Yeah. You could use a blender if you want to. Right. Um, and it turned out 
really good and it's the kind of thing that's so versatile you could put it over any cooked vegetables right. i think that you could put it over grains also with Great. some cooked veggies and that make a, so a, good, a good salad that way yummy i just want to go eat a salad now I mean, I want to eat some of these like meteor salads, so I'm still never going to be a like lettuce Lettuce salad salad person. person. I'll tell you the only the only lettuce salad I really like is one that we used to make when I was in grad school. Yeah. And it was using because I was working at the urban farm at that point. I just had like so much so many greens coming in all the time. So I used to take a big thing of arugula, like kind of a thicker meteor green and put huge chunks of avocado on it with maybe some like mandarin orange like fresh mandarin oranges and then squeeze lemon juice over the whole thing maybe put a little drizzle of olive oil and flaky sea salt and just boom you're done yum that's the only that reminds me of that allison roman in nothing fancy how she's like just put some lemon juice and put some olive oil and just dress it till it's right yeah and and salt it until it's right and her perfect salad recipe is so perfect because it's so simple but it is also like one part uh salad greens and the other part is fresh herbs. herbs. Yeah. That's the herbs are a real hack. Yeah. That yeah. was delicious. It makes it so much more exciting. Well, hopefully this gives people ideas for things that they can make. Yeah. This and if spring. you have a favorite salad, please hit us up. We'd love to hear from you. We hope that you guys will join us next time. We'll be cooking from Ama by Joseph Centeno and Betty Halleck. Sarah, why did we pick this book? It is vibrant. It is full of delicious big flavors Tex-Mex food and uh, we had a pretty epic feast with our cookbook club when we cooked from it so we're excited to dig into it a little bit more that's going to be a good one we want to give a big shout out to Luff RNW and Burners One own open-minded Democrat I love it and Pacific Northwest RC I love all these handles you guys you sound like interesting people <laughs> which we love. You guys all left us awesome five-star reviews lately. It was just like boom, boom, boom. You totally made our week. Sarah was like sending me these text messages back and forth and we were just like jumping up and down. Thank you, you guys. So thrilled. Thank you. And cook along with us between now and then. Just tag us on Instagram at cookbookclubshow or send us a voice memo or a comment at cookbookclubshow at gmail.com. You can find us online at cookbookclub.show. And remember to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss the next one. And leaving us a review really helps other home cooks find us too. We'll see you soon. Bye.